0: So I guess what I can try to do uh, is just give a brief, I don't know how helpful it'll be because it'll be so brief, but a brief summary of what we did last time. And great. So what we discussed, uh, we, we were laying out the basic concepts of Lacanian Le- psychoanalysis. And for Lacan, the three broadest concepts are the imaginary, the symbolic, and the real. And for lack of a better term, we can say that these three categories or registers or orders map the human condition. Um, They're the, again, for lack of a better term, they're the three main areas of human subjectivity or human ontology. And so with the imaginary, what you more or less have is the conscious ego and basically all of the things we identify with, the things that we would say that we are, I like this, I don't like that, um, that kind of thing. It's more of the conscious sense of self. Um, But for Lacan, this is all based on a misrecognition because when we start to say, I am this or I like that, and we start to build our sense of self out of these exterior images or objects, then we're misrecognizing Ourselves, we are not the things that we identify with, and yet there is no ego for Lacan outside of this uh, system of misrecognition that we build our sense of ego, our sense of identity, out of misidentifying. It's you know the most basic one, as we talk about, is identifying ourselves with our mirror image. So the young infant doesn't have a sense of self. The young image, uh, the young infant body is fragmented, it lacks motor, motor coordination uh, and what perceiving its amago, its mirror image does, is give the baby a sense of wholeness and it's through identifying with this external image, this image in the mirror, that the ego comes into being, right? And so from then on all of the various things that we identify with help the shape and constitute our ego and you see this i mean teenagers always you know love to put up posters in their rooms they decorate their rooms and you can see the the teenager's bedroom as one big ego right but of course the problem again is that you are not any of these images that you identify with and so the imaginary there's much more going on with it than that but the most basic way to think of it is It's the ego and the ego is made out of a whole network of images that it misrecognizes as itself. And so that's more of our conscious reality. Then the symbolic order that has to do with language, with customs, with law, with prohibition. Um, It has to do with basically the social order. And the main the main emphasis is on language. Language is the symbolic order. Lacan also calls the symbolic order the big other. And so it it has to do with all of our ideals, right? Our values, uh, our sense of what is appropriate, what is not, Um, again, law, prohibition, these kind of things. And then the real, the third order, has to do with and it's you know it's known to be the most complicated order to discuss but it's basically the gap in this what what we call reality so for lacan the imaginary order and the symbolic order work together to form what we think of as our social waking reality and the real has to do with the gaps in our reality all of the things that we that are repressed or we fail to recognize or um, that don't have immediate access to consciousness it would have to do with uh, traumas or I mean on a social level it would be with uh, social dynamics that we as a society can't face because they're too problematic we can't confront them uh, it would be too traumatizing Right. it would break apart our sense of reality and many things are going to be associated with the real he's going to uh, associate juizance, he's going to associate drive, fundamental fantasy uh, to some degree, trauma, and various other things. But um, as we discuss this, hopefully we'll flesh this out where uh, this makes a lot more sense. Again, it's very hard to summarize at this level because it's so broad.
1: But yeah, it's almost a problem. It, and I, I, I think I, at this point, I would recommend if you're coming in on this, and you don't have, you you're not familiar with Lacan and you didn't see the first part, go watch the first part. It is on this channel. Um, someone could link it in the in the chat if they want to, but hey, it's but there for I'm, it's there for a reason though. So
0: I'm I'm gonna answer one question since it's a good time to answer it. Uh, cool. Illegal and free asked. Is this why Lacan apparently denies the ego? My professor last semester said that constantly, and he didn't ex- uh, wouldn't expand. So, yeah, here's the thing. Lacan's big enemies uh, were the ego psychologists. And after Freud, a lot of Freud's followers and the students of his followers, uh, this is especially true in America, They came to put all the emphasis in psychoanalysis on building up the ego, strengthening the ego, right? A lot of our, you know, this idea of self-esteem and building self-esteem has to do with ego psychology. And Lacan totally rejects it, and he thinks it's a total betrayal of the Freudian endeavor, right? Because psychoanalysis is about dealing with the unconscious, not the ego, um, it, it's hard to see how any of these um, psychologists could even use Freud for this. But the, the point for Lacan is that the key aspects of who we are, the key, for lack of a better term, coordinates, the, the, the big factors that determine our subjectivity to determine our desire. They don't exist at the level of the ego, right? It's the unconscious that is important here. And, this is why Lacan is doing what he called a return to Freud. And in doing a return to Freud, yeah, he's rethinking many Freudian concepts, but he's also trying to get back to the core of Freud's insight. And that was you know, the, the, the primacy of the unconscious, that the unconscious is structured like a language. And um, so, yeah, look, Lacan is like the, the first thing you have to do in psychoanalysis is get past imaginary dynamics, right? Ego to alter ego dynamics. That's, you know, this is the first thing you have to get past if you're going to make any progress in psychoanalysis. So um, it's not that you've never, it's not that you stop having an ego after you go through Lacanian psychoanalysis. That doesn't happen. It's just that it, the ego is, it's a whole set of misrecognition, right? It's, all of this stuff that we think at the conscious level is so important to us really isn't the the substance in quotes of our being or lack of being. It, it's not what the the ego and the content of the ego is not the determining factor in human desire and human subjectivity. And so right. that's why he wants. He's saying you're making this fundamental mistake in approaching analysis. Uh, From the perspective that you're supposed to build up the ego in some sense. You're supposed to tear it down uh, And get to much more fundamental factors of human subjectivity, so Yeah, I hope hopefully that'll kind of gives an answer to that question But well,
1: I mean and in the same I mean I kind of people brought up Jung last time you kind of touched on it You know, but in your own way and I wanted to bring up my own way and that's just to say that if a person is um, borderline, or on a manic bipolar, uh, sp- uh, you know, spiral, or uh, schizophrenic, or um, like whatever their neurosis might be, it's something that's giving them a lot of a lot of grief in the world, right? Um, the union kind of approach is utterly fucked. It's like being like, here, oh, you're you're fucked up. Here, take some mushrooms. <laughs> right? Oh, you're fucked up. Here, uh, re- don't worry about it. Reality is just a bunch of fucking archetypes anyway, and like you're on a hero's quest. Don't tell us schizophrenic person they're on a fucking hero's quest. They already know that. They know it too well. In fact, that's their problem, right? And so, like Lacan, it, 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 is kind of opposed not just to like the American psychology thing, but just this idea that psychology is about oh, don't worry, you know, by talking to me, I'll help you get to your true self, right? And well-
0: yeah, that's he totally rejects that. And look, for me, I, as somebody who's so inspired by Lacan, everybody wants to bring up Jung, right? Because one of the big, I guess you would say, antagonisms or battles in theory circles would be Lacan versus Jung. But I've only read a little bit of Jung, and Jung just didn't ever interest me much. But I don't, it's like I don't have these takedowns of Jung because, to be honest, I haven't studied them enough to make a really fair criticism. Uh, what I do know doesn't resonate, but... Um,
1: I don't know if what I said was fair, except that I can just definitely say people who think that you should go around validating the, uh, the imaginary that uh, is being espoused out of the mouth of a person who is in a delusional state... Um, I would say it's it's pretty fucked. Like, don't do that. Um, if that. If
0: that's what he's getting at, I mean, I don't know if there's really a place for the real in Jung. I would have to, you know, I would have to read up on Jung uh, to make that call. I, I, the, a lot of Lacanians will say part of the problem with Jung is that he believes in a big other, like an other of the other, that there is this this cosmic kind of text written into reality and that that text is not a matter of just human social convention. And as you and I would put it, the arbitrariness of the signifier, mm. it is meaning with a capital M. And for Lacan, that is the, the only type of human being that actually believes in meaning with a capital M mm. through and through is the psychotic, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the paranoid schizophrenic. Right. And so I've seen, I believe it was Adrian Johnston, Uh, I might be misquoting, but I'm thinking it's Adrian Johnston in his book called Irrepressible Truth, which is his commentary on one of the writings in McCall's Decree. And he talks about this, where Jungian analysis basically makes the universe into a schizophrenic universe because it it ascribes meaning in reality itself. So So I just want to add... before we pivot on to something else. Okay. The whole thing about depth psychology, I can tell you this. The problem with depth psychology is, at least from the Lacanian perspective, and Zizek would agree with this too, is that it's looking for the unconscious in the wrong place. And that sounds funny, but for Lacan and for Zizek, the unconscious is not something buried away at the bottom of the mind, right? That's... Precisely what they reject
1: mm. is
0: that the unconscious is not this cauldron of, you know, id-like impulses, uh, animalistic impulses, and it's not this, I guess you would say, the system of meaning, of Jungian archetypes, right? It's it, it's and there's no true self buried deep down. Um, it's funny what I was going to discuss tonight. Uh, discussed tonight lends itself to this. I was going to talk about some of the stuff in Zizek's book, The Plague of Fantasies, and even though I hadn't planned on it, Mm. Zizek talks about this, and he says, look, um, the unconscious is outside. That's a direct quote. Um, On, uh, let's see, is it page one here? Yeah, page one of The Plague of Fantasies. Uh, I'm just going to... And look, I, I... gathered up some quotes. Last time we didn't, we kept away from the quotes, but I'm going to use some tonight because I think they're really helpful. But uh, Mm -hmm. Jack says, the unconscious is outside, not hidden in any unfathomable depths, or to quote the X-Files motto, the truth is out there. And so what this means is when you're actually doing psychoanalysis, right? You're not you're not trying to wait for some instance uh, for some deep truth, right? The unconscious is right out there on the surface of the, the patient's discourse. It's, it's out there in language, right? And this is, I mean, it's psychoanalysis is the talking cure, right? It's through free association, which is where the patient sits there and, says what comes to mind or does the best job they can of saying what just immediately comes to mind that the unconscious manifests itself. And the unconscious manifests itself in formations. They're called formations of the unconscious. And this just is slips of the tongue. It's all the standard stuff. Slips of the tongue. It can happen in jokes. Um, It's when you you botch an action. You're trying to accomplish something but you, you mess it up in a certain way. There's these various ways that the unconscious reveals itself and I mean, the most like, it's almost like obscene how uh, typical it is. But to, you know, to make the point, you're on a date, and whoever you're on a date with, they look over to you and they're saying, "Hey, would you like a slice of bread?" And you go, "Yeah, I'd love a slice of bed." Right?
1: I'd love okay. some head. <laughs> I mean, uh, a, a, the... <laughs>
0: bread, right? And so what you get in that slip of the tongue, in that parapraxis, is there's a desire beneath what you as an ego would say, right? There's this other aspect of you, but it's not buried deep down. It's right there. It's right there present in language, and it's outside you in the sense that it's out there in language, in the symbolic order. And this is the Lacanian subject, in a sense, right? And there's different ways to talk about the Lacanian subject. But it is the subject of the unconscious. And so you as an ego, you don't want to say that. It's not like you had – you didn't want to say that. But some other aspect of you show – you know, it, it, you know, poke through your discourse, right? Revealed right. itself in this uh, particular formation of language. And that's what the unconscious is. And so he rejects this idea that the unconscious is this mysterious thing always – shrouded always veiled like you never like it's it's always making itself known that's the thing is it if that's why in psychoanalysis a lot of the times analysts will tell you it doesn't matter if the patient lies because even if you sit there and you lie the truth is still going to slip out you're still going to make a Freudian slip you're still going to do something that reveals the truth of your unconscious desire so even if you lie you're still going to tell the truth and at some point. Right. So this is his rejection of the uh, the idea of depth psychology, right? The point is the unconscious is way, it's always already outside. It's visible all the time. You just have to know how to look for it. And so I'm going to give two examples here before we move on because they're just fun examples, right? So uh, let's see. All right, well, that one's a bit long. Um, We might have touched on it last time, but Zizek has this example of the three toilets. And he says that the unconscious ideological frameworks of of uh, the French, of the German, and of the American-slash-British. The, these different ideologies are embodied in their various toilet designs. The Germans, the French, and the uh, Anglo, yeah, the the, uh, the British and Americans, we have this different uh, toilet architecture. And Zizek talks about it. He says, in a traditional German lavatory, the hole in which shit disappears after we flush water is way in the front, so that the shit is first laid out for us to sniff at and inspect for traces of some illness. In the typical French lavatory, on the contrary, the hole is in the back, that is, the chit is supposed to disappear as soon as possible. Finally, the Anglo Saxon, English or American, lavatory presents a kind of synthesis, a mediation between these two poles. Basin of water, uh, the basin is full of water so that the ship floats in it, visible but not to be inspected. Right, And so he goes down and he draws out how basically the unconscious of each of these societies is there in the design of their toilets. So he says, Hegel was among the first to interpret the geographical triad Germany-France-England as expressing three different existential attitudes. German reflective thoroughness, French revolutionary hastiness, English moderate utilitarian pragmatism. In terms of political stance, this triad can be read as German conservatism, French revolutionary radicalism, and English moderate liberalism. In terms of the predominance of one of the spheres of social life, it is German metaphysics and poetry versus French politics and English economy. The reference to the laboratories enables us. Not only to discern the same triad in the most intimate domain of performing the excremental function, but also to generate the underlying mechanism of this triad in the three different attitudes towards excremental excess. And so, uh, he goes on, ambiguous contemplative fascination, the hasty attempt to get rid of the unpleasant excess as fast as possible, the pragmatic approach to treat the excess as an ordinary object to be disposed of in an appropriate way. So it is easy for an academic to claim at a round table that we live in a post-ideological universe. The moment he visits the restroom after the heated discussion, he is again knee-deep in ideology. So that was uh, – Classic.
1: Classic yeah. Zizek.
0: But that shows you the, that the unconscious that is outside, right? He also talks about it in terms of Soviet architecture. He does a whole thing. It's it's some of his best stuff. It's in the – is that the introduction to uh, uh, the Plague of Fantasies? It's the preface. Uh, I highly recommend that preface. If that's all you read from the book, um, it'll be worth it. Let's see. Making sure here. Wait. Was that the preface? No, I'm sorry. That was the introduction. Yeah. Well, no. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me find it.
1: On this theme of... it's
0: it's from the first chapter. The seven bales of fantasy. It's Mm. at the beginning of the first chapter. Hmm.
1: We interrupt this conversation for a quick message from our sponsors. You may recognize this conversation from the past because it is actually a piece of a longer live stream. So what I've done is I've edited the conversations I had with Mikey down into smaller chunks, and I will be releasing those serially until the launch of the Slavoj Zizek's For They Know Not What They Do course taught by Michael Downs and myself. I will be asking him the questions and hystericizing him along with a cohort of people who will be joining us live and in the forums as we do a close reading of what Slavoj Žižek claims is his most important theoretical work, more important than sublime objective ideology by far. He said that if you don't have anything to say about for they know not what they do, then keep silent when it comes to sublime objective ideology. But we don't just do close thorough, hardcore readings. We also have some more introductory stuff. And so if if you go to theory-underground.com forward slash events, then you'll be able to see the dates of all the upcoming events. You see that the idea of university taught by myself, Brian, and and a couple of educators who are very close to me. And uh, we wanted to focus on Carl Jasper's short work, the idea of university as a way to start the year. But it's also a way for Theory Underground to get off on the right track. January 25th is the professional managerial class consciousness course that I'm co-teaching with Elton LK of the Working Class Intelligentsia podcast. And then in February, on the 25th of February, launches GGX4, They Know Not What They Do. Mikey has spent two decades getting himself to the point where he feels confident enough to teach this book. And I think that that humility and effort that he's put in is something that we can all learn from. I mean, come on, he's like our own homegrown Zizek. He's like our own like national treasure. I think that we really ought to uplift him and give credit where it's due, not just take him for granted and act like, you know, we don't need to. So that's a part of the reason actually why I really appreciate Brian Becker from Singularity and Sublimity podcast. He's done a lot of amazing teaching work himself. And then the last thing, I'm doing a countrywide tour this year. I will be on the East Coast, I will be on the West Coast, and I will be everywhere in between. So... If you want me to come to your town or city, email me. It's down below. If you want to volunteer, be a part of the street team, host or guide while we're there, let me know. I hope to be in a city near you sometime this year. And I hope that you'll take one of my classes. Thanks.